Listen, we are, um, we've been, you know, in this series, the, the past few weeks, we went through our values. Um, this is why we do it series. Uh, we walked through those together and understanding, you know, a deeper understanding why um, we do the things we do. And then Luke came last week and challenged us and, and encouraged us. And I thought it was really good uh, just what he had to share. And especially coming from somebody, you know, that's, that's not a pastor here, but that, again, serves and is part of the staff. And so just to, to be encouraged, and I hope you were. And so now we're coming to another step, another phase, if you will, another step in this process Let me ask you a question. How many people here, and I know some of you exist, all the rule followers, how many people here love rules? Let's go ahead and raise your hand. Let's go loud and proud, just so we can identify you, get a picture, uh, so we know. And you're just a rule follower probably, right? Like, you just tell me what to do, I'll do it. It's no problem. Um, The other 87% of us, (laughs) um, you know, I think at times probably struggle with rules, right? I, I, you hear the word rules. I don't know about you, but it, it, it just kind of like, oh, okay, just tell me. But let me ask you this. How many have played a game? All right. Has anybody played like golf with somebody who's playing by, okay, hold your hands high because I want to see. Who may play golf with somebody that thinks they're playing football? Anybody? Okay. You probably, maybe in the college days or something, we just, we'll talk about that later. But Typically, you know, you have to understand the rules of the game, right? Otherwise, it's very different, yeah? And, you know, it's always fun playing games with my kids because their rules are very different than mine, right? (laughs) It's like, no, you did not just score. It's like, yeah, I did. It got within 10 feet of it. No, you're supposed to put it in, you know, the hoop or something. So it's, it's very different. So rules do matter. And, and, you know, everybody, um, we need to understand that, you know, we, we do follow rules, right? Now, um, let me ask you this. Uh, how many of you here um, appreciate rules, say, on the road? Yeah? Anybody been to another country where they drive on the other side of the street? So how many there chose to follow the rules of that country? How many did not? Or learned that lesson very quickly? <laughs> Why are all these cars coming at me? <laughs> right? So, again, I think we can all agree that rules are beneficial, right? It, it makes clear what kind of here are the parameters, here's what's going on, and if everybody walks by those and functions with those, then we all, just things go better. Like we can all agree. Um, you know, and again, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you one more thing. Let me take it a little closer to home. How many grew up in a very strict house with a lot of rules? Okay, okay. So, um, now, you know, those are called house rules. Now, how many, and again, you don't have to keep raising your hand, your arm's probably getting tired, but how many of us today have house rules in our own home? You know, I hope you do. If you don't, we should probably talk. Um, you should, you have rules, right? Maybe take off your shoes at the door when you come in, right? All the moppers and sweepers said amen. It's my wife. Sorry, babe. She just finished mopping the floor the other day, walked in from the outside, and it had snow, but there was a little salt out there on my little white footprints. And we have dark floors. Yeah, and her, her love for me grew immensely that day. I just give her those opportunities over and over. Um, but we have rules of the house, you know, dropping the, the, your shoes or whatever, whatever that may be. You know, growing up, I remember my mom, uh, we had this old couch. I mean, I was born in 76. It was probably purchased a good amount of time before that. And it existed. I was in high school. We still had the same couch, right? Super big, comfortable, saggy in all the right places, you know, just kind of enveloped you. And came, there finally came the day that my mom 
you know, it's like, well, it's time for us to get a new couch, okay? So we get a new couch in our living room. And, you know, I'm like, this is sweet. You know, we got a new couch. We're in the prime time now. And I go to sit on it. My mom go, looks at me. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's a couch. So I thought I would sit on the couch. No, that's for company. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Just keep looking at me. We, we won't acknowledge it's you. That's, for, you know. And so it was, we did not have the plastic cover, but she had sheets and everything. Come on now. Now I'm preaching, right? I'm preaching to somebody. Just, we can set you free. Don't worry, we'll help you. We'll pray for you. Sheets and everything else. And then when company comes over, you know, we can take everything off and we can actually use the living room, right? So again, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm helping myself out here at all, but what I'm trying to say is that we have house rules, and guess what? Whether you realize it or not, all of us here, we're family. Yep. We all, we, you know, most of us are good. We've got some crazy uncles in here too, right? But we're family. That's what family does. We stick together. We walk it out. We figure it out. And so we do have house rules. We are a family, a family of God. And guess what? Guess what? We often call places where we gather like this the what of God, the house, Right? Again, yeah, it's a pretty bold statement, but I think, you know, it is. It is the house of God. So we have house rules, and we are going to talk today about what our house rules are in this church and next week as well. So I'm going to know right where you stand when you, if you don't come back next week. But we have, we have set out six house rules. There could be a lot of other ones. We tried to just kind of narrow them down. And so I'm going to walk through them real quick, all right? The first one. And again, we're going to go much deeper, so just if you're writing, you'll, you'll get chances. First one is we submit to the Word of God. Good place to start, right? Submit to the Word of God. Second one is we love people unconditionally. Okay? Third one, we speak the truth in kindness. Number four, we resolve offenses face to face. Number five, we serve others the way Jesus did. And number six... We believe the best of one another. Okay, those are the six house rules. Now, some of you are sitting there saying like, I know some of you, you sit there and you say, well, God, just give me a sign, right? Show me a sign, Lord, and I'll believe it, I'll do it. Well, guess what? Today is your lucky day, okay? Just don't move. Now you know it's from the Lord, right? <laughs> There's your sign. And this is going to be put up in the back corner over there on the wall. So right, every time you walk through those doors, it's going to be right in front of you, and we're going to be reminded. Here are the rules we play by, right? Here are the rules that we will abide by. And it's important, right? Because I don't know about you, but I need repetition for something to really sink in, yeah? And so I'm going to come by every now and then. I'll give you some time, maybe a couple weeks, I'm going to come by and say, hey, what's one of the house rules? I'm just going to ask you, all right? And you're going to say one of those, anyone you want, all right? Now, one of the things I want you to see here is what does each one of these house rules start with? We. We. <laughs> we.
We cannot do this isolated from one another. You know, we do this together. We do this in community. We commit to this together. And so these will be our house rules. So today, we're going to look a little more deeper into the first three house rules, okay? You excited? I hope so. I hope so, because I am. So let's go ahead, and we're going to start with number one. And again, these are kind of not in necessarily order of importance with the exception of the first one, because this is the basis for everything else, right? We submit. Can can we say it together just for fun? We submit to the word of God, all right? We submit to the word of God. Listen, the word of God, right? This is our standard. This is where we turn to, and this is where whether we like it or not, this is what we submit to, right? This is, this is what we go to, and that's, we're talking about this. We submit to this. Can I just be honest with you? I, just like you, there are parts of this that are hard for me. Yeah? Anybody else? Can I get amen on that? There are parts that are hard. It's not easy. I have flesh the same you do, you know, the same way you do. I have temptations the same way you do. I want things my way just like you do, right? And so it is hard sometimes, but when we see it in the word of God and it is clear in the word of God, then, then guess what has to change? And it's not this. <laughs> it's us. It's me, right? We have something to do. We have some work to do. And so again, submitting to the word of God. So I want to just take a couple of these words and I want to make any assumptions, right? Let's talk about this word submit. How many submitters are in here? Right? Yeah, just a couple. Again, for most of us, not something natural. Right? Well, I submit. Yeah, until it doesn't go your way, right? Me and Leanna talk about this all the time. Right? <laughs> Sorry, well, that came out a little wrong. She, she's a lovely, beautiful wife. And we just, we, typically there's music playing in the background every time we talk and hang out together. <laughs> it's really fun. But we talk about this in the sense, sorry, and let me finish my statement <laughs> so I can go home with you afterwards. Um, what I mean by that, though, is it's, we talk about it, we laugh because it's like it's easy to submit when it's, things are going your way or the way you want it. It's when something is different, <laughs> not wrong, but it's different, and you, you have to go along with that, then submission becomes a whole different story, right? And so submitting, again, to be submissive, this definition I came across, it says to be or become inclined or willing to submit to orders or wishes of others or showing such inclination. Again, some of us just got, just tightened up right there. This, it's, it's hard. You think about to be submissive. Now, again, this does not mean that to be submissive is not being submissive to everything. It doesn't mean you have no backbone. It doesn't mean you don't stand for certain things or, or, or go against the grain at times on certain things that are needed. But again, there is this, this spirit, this attitude about being submissive, right? Submitting ourselves to God, listen to this, means that we willingly listen to him, obey him, and follow him. All right? That's, that's it. But the word there, catch it, it's willingly. Right? You know, Somebody, I can, I can make my kids do some things, like if I ball them up and physically restrain them, like, oh, you're coming, and I can just take them. Is that them going willingly? <laughs> Guess it depends on the interpretation, right? I mean, <laughs> coming to church sometimes, we're willingly coming, <laughs> one way or another. But it's, it's, it's different, right? Because it's, it's this, there has to be this willing spirit in us 
to listen to him, to obey him, and to follow him. Listen to what James 4, 6, and 7 says. It says this, but he gives more grace. How many need more grace? <laughs> Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Right? Here it is. Submit yourselves. So who submits? We do, right? God is not gonna put us in like a gorilla, you know, chokehold and say, you're gonna do this. We submit ourselves. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we see here, again, it's only that we, after we submit to God that we can resist the devil and he will flee. And so, again, this idea of submission, it goes hand in hand. And it, it's really, you know, we talk about humility, and that's what being humble is, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's putting our will down. It's, it's not always having to be about us and what we want. You know, I read it once. Another word is like meekness, right? And I, I read once, and, and I agree, because I, I feel like this sometimes is me. It's like, do, do not mistake meekness for weakness, but instead strength under perfect control. So we can have a submissive heart. We can be meek, and we can be, you know, um, cooperative and humble without being weak. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's what the idea of submitting is, or submission. And that's the idea here is, again, we submit. Nobody's going to force you to do that. You have to submit yourself to what? The word of God, right? The word of God. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. Probably a pretty familiar passage, but it reads this way. All scripture is inspired by God, is profitable for teaching, for what? Isn't that just another, these are just some good words today, aren't they? For rebuking. And for what? Whew. You guys are glad you came today. For rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God or woman of God, this is interchangeable here, the man or woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Okay? So again, that's, that's what the word of God is. The word of God is to bring course correction for us into our lives. All right? And we have to be at that place where if we are, you know, approached or there's a brother and sister that comes to us and they say, listen, you know, this is not really right. And, and this is why, you know, because this is what I see in the scripture. Now, I understand there are some portions of scripture that are, you know, they're, they're, they're challenging, I guess you would, to interpret. But much of scripture is very clear, right? And that's what I'm talking about primarily today. It's, it's very clear. And that is where we have to conform to that, not the other way around. Now, let me just share this with you, that we, we have to be careful. And this is one of the things I appreciate about Daryl and his class and, and other folks. You know, when they talk about, you know, actually bringing, like, your Bible or using your Bible. And again, I have my Bible on my phone, my iPad, I have it, and I use those even when I'm studying and things. But you need to get some paper copies, because I'm telling you what, like, how quickly, you know, the digital versions can change, and you don't even realize or know. Nobody says anything. Now, hear me now. I, I even, even, it was funny is even when I put my, put like I copy and paste the scriptures into my notes for my sermons, and the thing wants to autocorrect everything <laughs> and change it. I'm like, no, I have to keep, you know, no, I'm not changing that. And so I want to just encourage you guys, you guys, one, the best thing to do is to memorize scripture and to learn it so it's with you here, but also make sure, you know, you're always going to, to something that you know that you can, you can trust for what it is. 
And again, I haven't seen anything blatant yet in digital, but I know we talk about it sometimes with staff that that could easily start to happen where just a few things start to shift and you wouldn't realize it or know it. And so, you know, we need to understand, again, that, that this is the word of God. This is what we're talking about, not something else, not something watered down, because, again, there are, other, there are some translations that are way <laughs> off course, and churches will submit to that or, or, or follow that, and it's wrong. So I'm not talking about bringing in, well, this is what my translation says, and that's what your translation says. No, the word of God, again, this is what we're going to abide by, okay? So in this church, we will submit to the word of God. We will voluntarily submit our will to the word of God. And so I want to encourage us in that as, as we start there, that everything else that comes next and everything that comes after, it's all going to hinge on that, all right? It's all going to hinge on that. There's a lot of other things I want to say about that, but I think as we walk through the rest of these, it's, all that stuff's going to start coming out. So let's move on for the sake. We want to make sure we move through these first three. But we submit to the word of God. The second one is what? Let's read it together. We love people. Say this last word again. Oh. Lord, help me, right? I don't know about you, but that's tough, right? Some of you are less lovable than others, okay? I love you all, but some of you require more love than others. That unconditionally part is tough, yeah? And we can say it, it sounds really good, but to love people unconditionally, okay? Should we jump into this? Yeah. I know you're excited, let's go. <laughs> All right, let's start with this, this four-letter word that is probably the most misused word in our culture and society, the word love, right? Again, I've, I've preached on this before, we can love lots of things, our pizza, our dog, our wife, and again, not in that order. Um, <laughs> we're, I learned last time, I caught myself. Okay, but we can love, we say we love all kinds of things. So, you know, we're not talking about that. And let's kind of unpack this a little bit. You know, one thing I wanna, I wanna, I wanna touch on here is, is when we talk about love, right? A lot of times we say that love is more than just words, right? To put action, love is action, yeah? That writes a good book and that's, that's a good thing to say. And I, I, I understand and I agree with what that means. But let me just start by saying this and then we're gonna kind of go a little deeper into this. We have to be careful because sometimes you can, you can err on the other side of things. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is that, listen, we, we can do the actions of love and learn them and even say the right thing without actually meaning it from here. Does that make sense? You understand? We can learn the things to do. Sometimes people will do all of these things and it's kind of like, you know, if, you, if I picture like a husband and wife, not, I'm not using our, our story. This is just a random, you know, make-believe husband and wife. And let's say, you know, this, this husband just does everything for his wife, you know, opens doors and does this and this and this. And then it comes around and let's say he wants to buy a motorcycle. I'm, I'm, I'm painting somebody's picture right now and they're, <laughs> they're getting nervous, but he wants to buy a motorcycle. And she's like, well, no, I'm just not comfortable with that. And here it comes, right? You just put your own story in this. I hold doors for you. I make dinner four times a week. I let you sit in the front seat. You know, I painted, painted this room. You have a pink room in the house, which I don't like. You know, and they list out all these things. 
Was that husband doing things in a loving way that's love unconditional from the heart, or was he doing it? He may not have said it, but there was an expectation of return on investment. <laughs> you see, the kind of love we're talking about comes from here. And 1 Corinthians, again, best place to go in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, remember our first one, the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, it says, If I could speak all languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith, listen to this, listen, faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, right? It's kind of that scenario. If I, look at me, I'm generous. If I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I think the scripture sets the standard for what love looks like and that we all should have it. You see, without love, if, if, I, just, if I just spoke and did things without love, I would, what I say would just be noise, right? That's what it's saying, a clanging symbol. It would be this annoying sound. You see, when, when I preach a sermon, when I'm sharing the word of God with you, my prayer and my hope, and I don't do this perfectly, I have to admit, but my prayer and hope is I always do it in love. And if it's challenging, I, I want it to be challenging. I want it to be convicting, but not condemning. Because I want you to know that I love you. I really do. I know I joke about but I love each of you. And I want you to know the love of God, and I want you to experience the fullness of life that comes through relationship with him. And so when we challenge one another, especially from the word of God, that's, that's great, and, but it has to be done in love. You know, because again, it says, even, even these great things we can accomplish, they would all mean nothing. You know, what we watched on, there, on the screens, you know, that 10, 13 minutes of, of a year in review, and all the wonderful things we did, if, if I, like I said, if it wasn't, love was not woven through there, if it was just done out of duty, to check the box and, hey, look what we've done, it would all be pointless. Don't waste your time. You know, we often talk about this even with uh, giving, you know, of, of, your, of your resources and your money. I'm telling you, don't, don't give if, if your heart's not in it. Don't give begrudgingly. Why? Because you're not going to gain anything. You're not gaining points with God. But we're supposed to give from our heart, right? We're supposed to have a heart to be a giver, we're supposed to do so because we love God and he gave us the greatest gift ever. And, you know, again, we can even make these sacrifices, even of ourselves. We can even lay down our life is what it's saying. But if we did it in any other way but out of love, it's for nothing. It has no eternal value. Charles Spurgeon, he, he said this. He kind of summarized all this. He said it this way. He says, love never proclaims the errors of others. It refuses to see faults unless it may kindly help in their removal. Love stands in the presence of a fault with a finger on its lips. What, it, what he's saying is, is, you know, you may identify, you may be right, <laughs> right? You may be right. You may have this part figured out. The word of God and it says it's here. 
And what that person's doing is wrong. But if you go to that person, you can, have, you can be right. But if you say and address them and engage them in anything but a loving way, you're wrong. And I'm not going to lie. I, you know, there are times, there are people that are, are a bit hostile, even believers. And our nature, my nature <laughs> is to come in with guns blazing. It's like, I got it. I'm coming for you. But I love that last, but love stands in the presence of fault with a finger on its lips. Why? Because what that does is when you stop in that moment, you recognize and realize how many times you've missed it. And the fact that it's only by God's grace that you are where you are today. And that, you know, if you have that gift of relationship with Jesus, that you and I were not, we did not deserve that. There's nothing in us that was deserving of that. It was only because how amazing and how loving and caring our God is. And we need to start at that place. If we're bringing correction to anyone, that's the place we have to start. Seeing our own sin in full view and the places we missed it. So again, understanding that. And, and so let's, I wanna now just, just read just a little bit further in, in chapter 13 there, the next few verses, four through seven. Listen, and again, probably heard this at a wedding or at different times, here it is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's the kind of love we're talking about today, and that's the kind of love that we want to extend to people. And now comes this difficult word, unconditionally. Matthew 5, 43 through 45. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. That's, that's mind-blowing, Right? I struggle with that one. That's, I struggle with that one too. <laughs> there are people that I like that I have a hard time praying that for, right? Let alone my enemies. <laughs> but this is what God is calling us to. He's calling us to, again, not even just the people in this room, our brothers and sisters in Christ, but even for our enemies, we're supposed to extend this love. How many dog owners are in here? How many cat owners? Dogs? Cats and dogs. All right. Well, dogs win. Any way you want to take that statement. <laughs> no. Listen, dogs are, are pretty, pretty cool. And I know there are, some, there are some cool cats out there. There are. But, but dogs in general, they're just, they're amazing, right? Because you want to talk about unconditional love, right? They, they, they love you no matter what. <laughs> they just want to, to be there. You know, they come to the door and they're ready for you when you come home and they just want to be with you. And it, it even is fascinating how they're attracted to the gross smells too, right? <laughs> like you don't even have to have all your, your stuff put together. You know, you could have just woken up, you got bad breath, bad armpit smells and everything else and the dog's like, hey, 
Let's be friends. If you, you guys wanted a, a picture of unconditional love, I just gave you one, okay? That's all I was doing. That's unconditional love, right? It doesn't matter. You don't have to have your hair all together. And, and so, you know, I, I love that about dogs, and it's the same with our dogs, too, because they just, I mean, even to the point of like, okay, I need you to back away. That is enough. You know, this, this is my space. They just want to be, they just want to be with you, and they love you. Yet how rare are these moments, right, throughout our lives where we can be at our absolute worst and yet somehow be perceived for that which is best in us? Yet that's what our dogs do, right? That's what these, these pets do, and that's why it's so hard when they die. You know, I know we know they're not a human being, but there's just something missing, you know, and it's that source of just love. You see, the dog's purpose, it's, it's to pour out its love to you and with no stipulations attached to it. You can be the biggest jerk. <laughs> and again, you don't have to have it all put together, but that love is going to remain the same, right? And it's such a great picture. You know, A.W. Tozer, he wrote once this. He said this. He said, perfect love knows no, listen, because. Right? It's kind of weird, but perfect love loves no because. Love based on because will never be secure because it leaves little room for failure or change. You see, if you say, I love you because you just negated that whole word love. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. You can say that, I guess, but, but what I'm saying, you understand, I hope you get what I'm saying. If there's anything attached to love, because what happens when that person doesn't do that? Right? I love you because you make me breakfast in the morning. Well, what if they don't make you breakfast? Is your love now unhinged? <laughs> We have to understand, again, this, this idea of what loving unconditionally is. You see, God knows that we rarely, at best, can love without a because attached to it. I'm going to say that one more time. God knows us so well, and he knows that we can rarely, at best, love without a because attached to it. And you may be sitting there saying, like, well, I'd never say that. Yeah, but what would your heart say? Remember going back to that illustration of the husband, you may be fine for years, but then there comes that point when you just let it all out. And you may find yourself, and you may discover a surprise even about yourself that, wow, I was doing that back there, but I was expecting something in return, even though I didn't say it. 1 John 4, 16 through 19, it says, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love love live in God, and God lives in them, okay? So we see God, again, is love. And listen, as we live in God, our love grows more what? More perfect. More perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other, here it is, and this is the only time it, because, <laughs> but we love each other because he first loved us, right? As he demonstrated this to us, as God demonstrated by sending his son Christ to die on the cross, that is his display of love, and so we have no reason to not 
love, to not extend that. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this commandment. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I do joke with Leanna at times about this in the sense when we get into like a, we don't argue. We get into a disagreement and it goes on for a while and you know, she may not be, you know, she's doing stuff, whatever, or I'm doing stuff. Let me just flip it just to keep myself out of trouble. And we, we always have this phrase, right, where it's this, I don't like you right now. I love you, but I don't like you. <laughs> Church, you may not like every person in this room, but according to the word of God, you have to love every person that's in this church and that's in this room. And it's work sometimes. <laughs> it's work sometimes. It is. I get it. But God has called us to do that. Again, to be like Jesus. See, Jesus in John 13, 1, right at the end of his time before he went to the cross, it says, Jesus knew that his hour, listen to this, he knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. And listen to this, oh, this is so sweet. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? He loved them to the very end. There cannot be a because in our love, and so again, we will love people unconditionally. The last one, we speak the truth in kindness. Together, we speak the truth in kindness. All right, last one for today. Truth and kindness. Kindness really is another way to say love, isn't it? I mean, if, if you speak it lovingly, you're speaking it in kindness. And our approach, listen, the reality is, is, is like I was alluding to earlier, when, you, know, you may have the right thing in Scripture. You may know that this is right and what that person's doing is wrong. But our approach really needs to be less like a bounty hunter chasing a fugitive down and more like a doctor attempting to heal a wound. Right? It needs to be less like, aha, and more like, listen, <laughs> I know where you're at. I've been there. And this is how God helped me, and, and this is what I believe he wants to share and show you today. Can I walk with you on this and help correct them lovingly and bring them back to this place they are supposed to be. Remember, again, we are called the body of Christ. Just as with a physical body, listen, wounds that are left untreated can lead to infection. And so in the church, there are people and there are believers here that have been wounded and may even be wounded here. And it's not something we set out to do. And if you know, we hear about it, we try to step in and help. But the reality is that when you put people together, that stuff is going to happen, okay? <laughs> Why? Because we're a bunch of imperfect people. I hate to burst some bubbles, but we are all imperfect. And so wounds can happen, but I want to encourage you today, if you're in that place, again, if you do not address that wound, if you leave it untreated, it can turn into an infection, and it can actually spread in this body. Sickness, if left untreated, can lead to a wider spread issue, and disease, if not dealt with quickly, can spread out of control and bring spiritual death which is actually much greater than any physical death anyone could go through. 
You understand that there are things in the church in the churches that can come in. There are people that come into churches for the sole purpose that the enemy brings them in to bring division, to bring strife. They are not submitted to the word of God and they are not about the unity of the body. You understand? And that is where myself, Pastor Santiago, the elders of this church, that's why, where, why we stand where we stand. That's what we are on a guard for. Because I can spot it. I know Pastor Santiago can spot it. The elders can spot it. And when we see that happening, and you may see us at times, or you may see somebody, or maybe you hear their version of the story. But there are sometimes people that are unwilling to do that first one and they don't want to address the issues and maybe they've been hurt in the past but it's festered and they've never dealt with it and it becomes bitterness and that begins to spread throughout a church. And I hope that's nobody in this room. But again, if it does happen, we have to address that quickly and we will do so with all the love in the world but again, even a surgeon has to use a scalpel and if you were watching from the outside, they're going to cut the body. And you may say, well, what are they doing? They're cutting, they're hurting. No, we're trying to bring healing to something. You understand? Listen, we will live by, and again, if you've not ever read this chapter, Matthew 18, all right? Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. Here's the process. I'm gonna go through it kind of quick and then wrap this up. Listen, if a believer, another believer sins against you, where do you do first? You go privately and point out the offense. You do not go to the, again, our, some churches call it a prayer ministry. That's not what we have here. That's what we're talking about. We do have a good prayer group. But some churches, the prayer ministry becomes the gossip ministry. Come on now. I've seen it. You need to go to that person first. Not to your friend, not, not even to me. <laughs> All right? Go to that person and try to resolve it. If the other person listens and confesses, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others, again, spiritually mature people or elders, with you to go back again so that everything you, may, you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person, listen, church, as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. That means you no longer have fellowship with that person. They're not welcome in the church. I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this. Here's actually the context of this verse. If two of you agree on earth... As concerning anything you ask my Father in heaven, he will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there amongst them. This scripture, this promise is for conflict. <laughs> that Jesus, he promises to be in the midst of that conflict and he will help you walk through it. But we have to be willing to step into that. We have to be willing to step into that. And, and that is the order. We try to do this privately, but we have to walk through Listen, I, I, I hate to say, I've seen this happen in this church where we try to address something in love, right? And typically they won't walk out this process and guess what happens? The door swings both ways, right? It's not locked. So they just leave the church. And you know what they do? They take that issue 
They take that problem, that wound, that junk, and they just pick it up and they walk in quietly to a new church who has no idea who they are or what they're carrying, and they plop down, and it begins to spread. And it takes a long time for a pastor or for somebody to get to understand or know, but it'll, it'll show up again, I promise you that. And so it saddens me. So I, Listen, just take this away, okay? I want you to understand, <clears throat> we speak the truth in kindness. When there's correction needed, please walk with us, all right? <laughs> we love you, and we want to walk with you. So we submit to the word of God, we love people unconditionally, and we speak the truth in kindness. Those are the first three house rules that we are focused on right now this morning. And I know, I know it's tough. I know some of them are hard, right? But we have to be committed to them. And listen to me. I, April 1st is my four-year mark as a senior pastor of this church. And... I am telling you <laughs> that there is a shift that's starting to happen, a good one. Why? Because things are starting to become established. You know, again, we had to kind of, we worked, we walked through COVID together, and as a new pastor, I wasn't going to come in and say, hey, this is all that we're going to do. I wanted to, to, to sense what God was doing and what God wanted to do for this body of, of Christ, this, this group of believers. And I believe we're starting to gain that, and we're starting to kind of lay tracks down to run on so there's, I'm just telling you that I can set, there's a shift happening. As I'm watching pieces and people come into place and, and things get set in, in the right order, God has something in store for this church. I don't, I, I don't understand it all. I really don't. Like, I, I'm like, you know, I told you, I was in the Middle East for almost 10 years before this. <laughs> super diverse, super different. And now I'm here. God has brought me here to you and you to me, <laughs> that he's put us together, and I believe it's for a reason and a purpose. And so all we have to do now is be faithful and to walk this out together and watch what God does. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you for this group of wonderful people. God, I thank you for those watching online who are joining us, Lord, and for that technology. And God, I pray that all of us, Lord, within the sound of my voice today, would truly be submitted to these house rules as, again, this congregation. Lord God, we, if we're honest, we know that, that submitting to rules sometimes can be hard. But God, we know that we need to all walk according to your word. We know, Lord, again, that we all need to love people unconditionally. And God, we also know that we have to speak the truth in kindness, Lord, because that is what you called us to. That is what the body is supposed to be. And so, God, I pray for each person here, Lord, that we, we would have hearts to hear, that we would have teachable hearts, Lord God, in places that we need to grow. God, th those blind spots where we don't seize maybe something, Lord, that's, that's hurting us or hurting our relationship with you, Lord God. Others can see that. So, God, I pray that, that we would have the boldness, Lord, to, to speak into one another, but, God, to do so in a way that's honoring to you. And, God, that we would receive, Lord God, what you have. You've not designed us to walk this earth alone. You've not designed us, Lord, to, to, go, to walk through this lifetime by ourselves, Lord God. But it's supposed to be hand in hand together, Lord, as we walk in relationship with our Savior. So God, I pray, Lord, that this, this would truly be something that isn't just words on a, a wall, but God, that it becomes words in our heart, things that we will live by, truly. So God, we thank you for that, God, and I thank you for this message for today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you stand?